I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Good Sunday morning. Happy Father's Day to the dads and the father figures out there. Rashidi Rajkumar with you, along with your host, Dr. David Hilden, for an open lines edition of Healthy Matters, which is always people's favorite. Good morning, Dr. Hilden. Good morning, Rashini, and happy Father's Day to everybody, uh, including my own dad, whom I'm with this weekend. We're actually up on the North Shore, and I'm with my dad and my family. And happy Father's Day to everybody. I hope you're having a great weekend. I hope you've been able to enjoy yourself over this last weekend. And indeed, Rashini, we're going to talk about we're going to talk about whatever's on your mind this morning, whatever questions you might have about uh, your health, your wellness. COVID. I heard there's a virus going around if you have any questions about that. I do want to highlight one topic that I highlighted last week and that is about our critical blood shortage. And if you want to give a, if you're a dad out there uh, and you want to give a gift to somebody else, consider donating blood. Or maybe you're not a dad. Consider donating blood. Um, uh, Anybody can consider it. Not that everybody can do it, but everybody can consider it. We are in a critical blood shortage in our communities. It's a nationwide shortage. It's not just in the Twin Cities or Minnesota or the upper Midwest. And I think it's probably due to the fact that we need more blood because it's the spring and the summer. And over the last several months and year, people haven't been donating as much for obvious reasons. They haven't been going out and donating. So we're we're at a critical shortage. And I don't mean, I'm not, this isn't hyperbole. It's the real deal. We are critically short of blood. And so if you are so inclined, it's easy to do. It's free. It's safe. And I'm going to ask you all to go to one of two websites. The first is mbc.org. That stands for memorialbloodcenter.org. mbc.org. Or you can go to redcrossblood.org. Redcrossblood.org. And so that's a great way to get your, your week off. If you have an hour free this week, you will save more than one person's life by doing that. mbc.org or redcrossblood.org. And I know, Dr. Hilden, when we talked about this last week, we got a lot of interest, both calls and texts about blood, people curious about it, people truly wanting to give. But give us a visual on just how important blood donations are to helping medical facilities and all the things that you and medical uh, people around the country do. Yeah, it's um, you might not know what happens to your blood. And first of all, they don't just give the whole pint of liquid blood to another person. Your blood is, first of all, spun down into the various components and so that it will go to several people. Some will get your red blood cells. 
some will get your platelets, some will get the plasma, the watery part, and uh, some will get a whole blood, but that isn't as common. Some of your blood will end up on a lifelink chopper for someone who's had an accident in greater Minnesota. Others will go to urban city hospitals for patients who have had a car accident. I'll give you a couple examples. I had a 19-year-old woman, 19 years old, who was bleeding just last week, and her hemoglobin was way, way, way low. And in order to keep her really going, we had to give her two units of blood, and she, within an hour, told us, I feel so much better now. And then at the other end of the spectrum, we've had a, an 80-year-old person with, with cancer who needs blood routinely simply to survive. And so your blood might hit a 19-year-old, might get to an 80-year-old, might get to someone who's had an accident on their boat this summer. You just never know who's going to get it, but you can be, you can rest assured it will be well used. The healthcare community is good stewards of your blood. We don't waste it. And uh, you will help more people than you know. Yeah, well, it is always a good idea if you're in a position to donate, to donate. And as Dr. Hilden has pointed out, so much need out there for blood, for the platelets, for all those different things. I like how you say we kind of spin it out. I mean, that's it's it's such a vital, vital material that there's so exactly. much there. It's very rich. Exactly. I don't even know how they do that part. That's some lab people. They put, you know, they <laughs> they... No, I don't get that part of it, but you know, they put they put it in a machine and they spin it down, and the red cells go one way, and the liquid part goes another way. And it's it's super cool, actually. It's actually fascinating when you're donating. It only takes about you know less than an hour, but it's really fascinating to watch. And if you're a little bit squeamish, they're really kind and they're really helpful, <laughs> and they'll give you uh, an Oreo cookie or as many Oreo cookies as you want. So it's worth it for the free cookies. Yeah, that is a great bonus. You're yeah. listening to Healthy Matters. It is our open line show today. Call us or text us, 651-989-9226. Again, that's the number for both the call line, the calling line, and the text line, 651-989-9226. We already have some texts coming in. I always promise we'll get to you if you call us. We'll do our best to get to your question if you text us. So think about that as you decide whether you're going to call or text. You can also keep in touch with Dr. Hilden and me during the week. We're both on Twitter. Follow us there. Ask us questions there at Dr. David Hilden or at Rashini R. Rashini with an O. And we will keep track of those during the week and get those questions in each Sunday. All right, we'll have to take a quick break, but when we come back, your calls and texts, give us a ring 651 989 9226. We are back on this Father's Day Sunday, Healthy Matters, powered by Hennepin Healthcare. Shani Rajkumar with you, along with your host, Dr. David Hilden. Open lines today. Call us or text us, 651-989-9226. Let's kick things off with Doug from Mankato. Hi, Doug. Yeah, good morning. Go right ahead. Hi, Doug. Um, yeah, just a quick question listening to your show about blood donations. Um, I'm on Eloquest, the blood thinner. Can you donate blood when you're on blood thinners? Doug, that's a great question that I don't have a perfect answer to because it is safe for your blood to be donated, but the, you should for sure tell the donation center that you're on Eloquist because I don't know that all centers are accepting people with blood who are on blood thinners. Part of the reason is just that your blood is uh, uh, going to, um, you're going to bleed more. And so even the very act of drawing it 
is um, takes a little bit more skill set. I don't know, and I'm just going to be blunt with you. I don't know if most of the blood centers are taking blood on with people on blood thinners. So go to one of those two sites and ask them before you go in and make your appointment. All right, Dr. Hilden, lots of text questions coming in. This person, what's your recommendation about naturopathy? Naturopathy is a, is a branch of medical practice that is, uh, uh, uses what, uh, and I'm not an expert. Let me give the big caveat here. I'm not an expert. But it uses what, what uh, a belief system um, that uh, more natural remedies are, are more helpful. It is not a medical doctor in the, in the traditional sense that the Western medicine. It relies on some European and Eastern type of practices. My take on it is that there are probably many things that are helpful in naturopathic practice, but there's also probably many things that we simply don't know. And that is true for all types of medical practice. But the, um, uh, and I'll, this will be the controversial statement. I do believe in all, in scientifically validated medical practices. And much of what we do in Western medicine, people might not like. They might not like it because it was manufactured in, in plants, you know, medications and the like. But at least it is highly rigorously studied. And so I would ask your, whatever practitioner you're using, what is the evidence that this works? What is the evidence that it is safe? Uh, I will acknowledge that that there's a lot we don't know in Western medical practice, and there might be some things that are helpful that we just aren't aware of. But but the 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 thing to keep in mind: just because something is natural does not make it safe. There are plenty of things that are natural that will kill you, and there and so natural does not equal safe. Uh, and so uh, that is one thing that I, I firmly would hold on to. So just ask, you know, what's the evidence that this works? What is the evidence that it could hurt me? And then the other last thing I want to say about, about alternative and complementary practices, they probably do have a place, but keep in mind that if you have a serious medical illness like depression or cancer or heart disease, that I would stick to the medically proven treatments because the failure to treat those things could have a really bad effect if you are using something that's unproven versus something that has some scientific backing. All right, great response there, uh, because you do have to ask questions and you don't want to self-diagnose, that's for sure. This person says, how long is recovery after having a phlebotomy of the leg veins, and are there any risks having done this? You know, you know, phlebotomy is simply the removal of blood. I'm not sure what this texture has had done. We don't typically do that. Now, maybe they had some leg veins taken care of. Maybe they had some other kind of treatment done to them, or maybe they were just having blood drawn from their legs. The treatment, so I don't know how long the recovery would be not knowing exactly what you had done. If you had a major vein procedure, it could be some weeks. If you simply had blood drawn or if you had some laser treatment, for instance, to the veins in your legs, it would just be a matter of days. You'd be feeling better. So I can't be more specific not knowing exactly what this person had done to their veins. Phlebotomy is simply the removal of blood. If you had that done and you had that done from your leg vein, that should be healing up in just a matter of days. You can call and text us, 651-989-9226. This texter says... I think I pulled a muscle in the base of my back a couple weeks ago while moving, re-injured it a week later, sometimes hurts more than others depending on the position, seems to be slowly healing. Should I see a doctor or just wait? I'm going to take a guess here, Doc, on this Father's Day. I feel like this is a man. 
I feel like this is a man texting this because I feel like, yes, go to the doc. What do you say, Dr. Hill? Yeah, yeah. if something isn't getting better, yeah, I would, I would have that go and be seen. Now, the good news is it's probably not an emergency. But if you have a problem that is not getting better, and especially if it was a few weeks ago, I think I would probably go and have that uh, looked at to see if it's something that doesn't need a little more attention. Now, if it's in your lower back, if it's in your back, there are a few things that should prompt you to seek attention immediately. You don't wait. That is if you have a weakness in either leg. I mean, And I mean really weakness, not I'm tired. I mean, I can't lift my leg or my foot is weak. I'm, my foot is flapping as I walk. It's just I have a weakness in my leg. Or you're having trouble using the restroom with your bladder or your bowels. If either of those things are happening... Um, then you should seek immediate attention or if you have that weakness in your legs because both of those represent a, an acute nerve damage that is an, emer- not an, well, it's an emergency in some cases. The other person that should seek care immediately is anybody with a cancer because it could be that it has gone into your back. Other than all those people, you can wait it out a little bit. But if, like, like, like you just said, Rashini, if, if, this is, um, a, if it's not getting better after several weeks, I would go have that looked at for the, you know, they could get some basic x-rays. They can do an exam. They can recommend some physical therapy or some um, acupuncture or, or massage therapy or what exercises you can do. So, yes, I think I would go in and have that, t- have that looked at and see what's up. And Dr. Hilden, I mean, God forbid it is not this example, but every once in a while you hear of people who have a pain like that or pulled something, they go in and it turns out to be something drastically different, like cancer or there's a tumor. I mean, so it's so important to get medically checked. I agree with that. You know, the cancer thing is interesting because people say, well, why would that matter? Well, if you had cancer, let's say you had prostate cancer, and now you have a new back pain. Well, prostate cancer can spread to the back. And so that would be something you'd want to know. And sometimes the first evidence of recurrence of cancer is lower back pain, um, surprisingly enough. And so that's why we say if you are a cancer survivor, maybe not if you had a childhood cancer 50 years ago, but let's say you had breast cancer or you had prostate cancer or lung or colon cancer, and now you have a new back pain then you should have that looked at, even if, that, even if you think you maybe twisted it. Most back injuries, I will say, most back pain and back injuries are benign. I'm going to say 99 out of 100, 95 out of 100, and they will get better on their own. But um, some of them can be serious, and so, yes, you should go be seen. And not to belabor the point, but it is Father's Day. I'll share the story of Channel 5 anchor Brett Hoffland. He was on my show sometime last year, and he and his wife are big advocates to prevent testicular cancer. His dog happened to jump in that area. He had a pain down there. He went in, had no idea he had very late-stage testicular cancer. And this was someone in his 30s when this that was That is a great reminder I mean, just young people. Yeah, and it hit his dog, not kind of, you know, landed on him in the wrong place. He wouldn't have even gone in. So these kinds of things happen. All right. This person says, I have a callus on the bottom of my foot. It's getting larger. It hurts, and now it looks like it has blood underneath. What is happening? How does one get rid of this or see help? It's usually friction. You know, things on the bottom of your foot, for not surprising reasons, you know, you got friction of your foot in your shoe and your sock. So... A, make sure you have good fitting shoes, supportive shoes, good footwear, good socks, all of that. 
But if you if you have a callus that's just thickened skin, you can literally do self-cares with that and soak it in water or in the shower, take a pumice stone. Like my wife has a pumice stone. I've never used it once. For, you know, full disclosure, we do have a pumice stone in our shower. And she takes it on the on your feet in various places and just to soften up that thick skin. Now, but if it has a blister, that's different. If there's a blister, that is, there's real friction in your skin, and literally the layers of your skin are separating from each other. So um, generally, we tell people to not drain those. You could get it infected. Just let it go. But if you really, really, really want to drain it, um, because maybe it's a big thing, you can sterilize a needle and pop it. But we do recommend you seek attention if you're getting blisters on your feet, especially if they're bloody. They can get infected. So you should you know, go in and have that taken a look at. But prevention is really important for foot care. And that, you know, Rashini, that's just a great segue. Next week, I'm having Dr. Nikki Bowerly. She is the chief of uh, put, um, podiatry at Hennepin County Medical Center where I work. She's going to help us out with a whole show about foot care. And you'd be surprised, or maybe you wouldn't, about how important foot care is for people. So tune in next week. And the feet really are so connected to all the other vital organs. Oh, so yeah. We'll really, get into really. that. Lots of good questions, I'm sure, for her. All right, we have to take a quick break. We have calls holding. We have many texts coming in. You can give us a ring or text us, 651-989-9226, on this Open Lines Healthy Matters. We are back on Healthy Matters. Dr. David Hilden and Rashini Rajkumar on this Father's Day. Happy Father's Day to all of you dads, grandfathers, father figures, uncles, brothers out there. You definitely help the world go round. We are taking your questions today. Anything goes. It's open lines. Call us or text us, 651-989-9226. This person says, good morning. I received the Johnson & Johnson vaccine with the variants that are now out there. Should I think about getting either the Pfizer or Moderna vaccine also? Eventually, we probably will be telling people what to do in this situation or any other situation for whatever vaccine you got. In other words, I think it is likely, although I don't have a crystal ball, but I think it is likely that we will be getting booster shots at some points in our life, regardless of which of the first vaccines you got. We're currently asking ourselves about the, the adenovirus vaccines, of which J&J is one of them, about whether or not we ought to be giving them an mRNA vaccine later. But we're even talking about those who got the mRNA vaccines, which is the Moderna and the Pfizer one, whether they should be getting boosters. So the jury is out. Right now, we're telling everybody just to sit tight. Whatever vaccine you got, you are substantially protected. You are almost completely protected from serious illness and death. And you are substantially protected against even minor illness. So whether if you got the J&J vaccine, just sit tight. If you got the other vaccines, you should just sit tight too. But stay tuned for more. Information comes quickly. Who knows what we'll be telling you in three months. I might be telling you to go get a booster, but right now you can sit tight. Speaking of boosters, Dr. Hilden, what is a booster shot? What do you mean when you say, okay, that might be, you know, become a regular thing in the future? Yeah, the vaccines all all cause your body to develop an immune response. And they, they start out by making antibodies in your system. And then those go on to become these long, long living cells that can live in your body. 
for we just don't know how long they're going to live. Think of them as little little soldiers that just are in the barracks of your body, just waiting to be called into action. Well, how long do those little soldiers live in your body? For some vaccines, think of polio, think of measles. They last forever. So we don't give measles vaccines or polio vaccines if you had that vaccine as a child. They literally last in your body forever. But let's think of other ones like the flu. Those, the antibodies that were developed last year are not effective this year because the flu has changed so much and so you need a booster vaccine. So we're not sure about this coronavirus. Will it act more like the flu or will it act more like polio? It's probably going to be closer to the flu because this virus seems to be a little devil in the way it, it mutates itself. And that's how we get all these variants. So you'll either get a booster of the exact same vaccine you got before or they might re-engineer the vaccine to be more up to date with whatever the latest uh, variants are. So I think it'll probably be one or the other, either the exact same vaccine or a slightly different one, and you'll probably get it every year. But I could be wrong. It could have much longer lasting uh, effects than that. Well, time will tell. All right, we have a lot of texts coming in. I want to remind people that I will try to get to those. We promise we'll get to you if you call us. So if you really want your question answered, call us, 651-989-9226. This texture says, I'm 67 years old, fairly healthy. Am I too old to donate blood? No, the maximum limit to donate blood is uh, probably as old as you want to be. But there's some caveats to that. There is a younger age limit, by the way. I don't think they allow people under 18, or maybe they'll go down to like 16 if you have a, if you have a parent's permission. But uh, check into that if you're at the younger age. But older age, it used to be they didn't want older folks to do it, but they realized that that really wasn't based in any sound science. If you are a healthy adult... Um, you, there is no upper age limit. That being said, if you be think of it, think of it carefully. Uh, older adults might be more likely to be anemic. You might you might have a cancer that you that that you've been treated for five ten years ago, and and you don't want to. You'll need all the energy you can get. Also, we don't want older adults to get dizzy and to fall down because that is a worse outcome than anything. But if you're a vigorous, healthy older adult in your late 60s, 70s, even into your 80s, you can donate, but that's a very individual decision. This person says, Dr. Hilden, can our seven-year-old twin grandchildren and their parents stay overnight with us? We are fully vaccinated. Their parents are as well. The kids are at school every day. I think it's okay. Uh, that's one of those gray areas. Uh, if you are, if the grandparents are vaccinated, your kids are vaccinated, and these are just the grandkids who are too young to be vaccinated, I think it's okay to have them at your house. Take normal precautions. After you give them a hug, I mean, wash your hands, that kind of stuff. If anyone's feeling sick, certainly stay apart. But other than that, uh, I wouldn't all maybe share the, you know, put eight people in a bed and do bedtime stories. I, you know, I, I'm trying to think of scenarios of what might happen in that home. But they can be in another room. You can have dinner around the table as long as you're all vaccinated and the group is small. I would not have 10 kids over or 15 kids, but a small group gathering of multi-generations is okay as long as the, all the adults are vaccinated. This listener says, does anything help arthritis? Can't use naproxen because of a bleeding issue. Arthritis is, there's a, a, a variety of kinds. And I'll refer mostly to the, the main one that people think of, and that's the wear and tear type of arthritis that is called osteoarthritis. 
there is no way to completely cure that. It's like your brake pads on your car wore down. And short of getting new brake pads, you can't magically make them reappear. But there are some things you can do. The first thing we tell people with arthritis is to stay active. Move your muscles. Strengthen your joints. Strengthen the surrounding cartilage, the surrounding ligaments, tendons, and muscles. And that will support that joint. So even if you have knee arthritis, you should be walking. If you have shoulder arthritis, you should be gently moving that shoulder. So you, So movement is good. Tylenol might help, although I'm going to... Not really, but you might give it a try. You can try the non-steroidals like naproxen or, or ibuprofen, but that person um, who texted that can't take those. So stay away from those, I guess. You can do injections of steroids. Those will help for a short period of time, maybe a few days, maybe a few months, but that's something to help as well. And then there's some more experimental things that you might want to think about. Uh, some people get some results with injections. Of, some people get some results with uh, glucosamine uh, you, you might try acupuncture. I'm a big fan of that. That helps for many people as well. All right. This person says, my legs just above my ankles have turned reddish. Does that sound like I have a circulation issue? What is the treatment if that's the case? They are it, 74 years old, by the way. Yes, that sounds exactly like a circulation issue. If you're, both of your ankles and shins are getting discolored, sort of reddish, purplish, dusky, uh, that's usually called venous stasis or stasis dermatitis. Stasis is simply blood ain't moving very so well anymore. Your veins are lazy little rivers. They're not rushing streams. They bring the blood from your toes all the way back to your heart, which is four feet away, and it's uphill. And so it has to work against gravity. So, th so it pools in your ankles. That's, and so what we recommend people do is elevate your legs as much as possible. You might try compression stockings. Uh, after you've walked, put your feet up. Do all of those things. If it gets really bad, they can, uh, they can do some vein work, um, laser therapy and the like. But most people, elevation and uh, compression stockings and kind of get used to it, I'm afraid to say. All right. More text questions coming in. Remember, uh, you can call and text us at 651-989-9226. We have a couple more minutes here and then one short segment before we have to say goodbye. Does chemo wipe out COVID vaccine immunity? Let's see. I have to think about Does chemo wipe out COVID? It could. Uh, chemotherapy is uh, basically a controlled poisoning. I hate to put it so bluntly, but that's what chemotherapy is. It's a toxin they're injecting into your body to kill cells. And some chemotherapy is more selective than others. So I don't know what chemotherapy this texture is getting, but it is possible that it is killing off cells. Now, the difference is, is that the antibodies from a COVID vaccine aren't whole cells. Antibodies are simply small little Y-shaped proteins. They're proteins. And so I don't have a good answer to this person, or at least not an answer that would be reliable. I'll be perfectly honest. That would be well outside my area of expertise. So I would ask your oncologist about chemotherapy and your immunity to COVID. Ask that very specific question. Um, and I think I'd be out of line to give too much specific advice on that one. All right. Well, we have lots of great text questions. I'll give a little teaser here. When we come back from the break, we're going to talk a little bit about young people and Lyme disease. Lots of different questions. Great variety today on the show. Again, it's open lines. We have one more segment before the end of the show today. Call us 651-989-9226 when Healthy Matters returns.
Mama just hung her head and said, son, Papa was a rolling stone. We are back on this Father's Day Sunday. This is a great text. Last Sunday, after hearing that the blood supply was in extremely short supply, I texted I would give blood for the first time in Wisconsin, and I did. It was very easy. I will now donate blood regularly. Thank you for helping me get over that fear that I had of giving blood. That is Mark in Winter, Wisconsin. All Dr. right, Hilden, Mark. How nice is that? That is fabulous. Mark, you're my hero of the week. Thank you. It is... It is um, Anxiety producing to give blood, but most people do get over it pretty easily, and you just helped more people than you know. Mark, thank you. All right. We've got callers coming in. I want to quickly get to this text, and then we will get all our callers. 651-989-9226. Five-year-old granddaughter diagnosed with Lyme disease, being treated with antibiotics. What is long-term prognosis for cure or expectation of long-term trouble? Long-term prognosis is very good for cure. Lyme disease is very effectively treated by appropriate antibiotics. It goes away. Um, the, the active infection is highly um, effectively treated. That being said, there are some subset of people with Lyme who have persistent symptoms. There is a real condition called post-Lyme disease syndrome in which people have fatigue and uh, that's the main thing. You have mostly some chronic fatigue symptoms, maybe some muscle aches, maybe even a little brain fog. That isn't well understood. It does not appear to be due to an active infection. In other words, you don't need, you don't need antibiotics for long-term, but you might have symptoms for long-term. So that is a real thing. See someone, you start with your primary doctor, or in this case, your pediatrician, and see if they can offer you some advice about what to do. It does happen in some people, but the bacteria is effectively treated with antibiotics. All right, we are going to try to get all our callers in before the show ends today. Let's start with Rick in Shakopee. Hi, Rick. Hi there. I have a quick question. Uh, I have uh, follicular lymphoma, and I've been treated for years, and I'm doing fine. But I had my vaccine in January and February, and I found out a couple of weeks ago that I, it didn't really work because of a lot of the treatments that I've had beforehand. What do you know about that whole situation about uh, is there, you know what my doctor says I shouldn't take the, another vaccine for it at this time because they really don't know they're just learning about the treatment for this and the vaccine after you've had treatment for cancers yeah we are that's a true statement we are just learning about how it affects people with cancer I wouldn't suggest that you not get the vaccine however. Uh, it's just that it might not be as effective for you, and we will learn much more about that. But we are telling people who are cancer survivors, or certainly if you're actively being treated for something like a hematologic cancer, such as lymphoma, that you take extra precautions. You should quadruple down on social distancing and masking and staying away from large groups. You should not, you're the one who really does need to be careful, even if you got the vaccine, because we don't know how effective it's going to be. Uh, stay tuned for more information as that becomes available. But that might be a while before we really know. And so if you are, like in your situation, double down, triple down, quadruple down on your safety measures. All right, Russ in Forest Lake, what is your question today? Yeah, say I made an appointment to get my uh, with a dermatologist to check a spot. But their uh, appointments are out so far, like in September, before I can be seen. Should I be searching around for other uh, people, or is that not probably a big deal? 
No, I would see. I would look for somebody else, but it doesn't have to be a dermatologist. I would go to your primary doctor because they can come up with a, an accurate diagnosis in the majority of the cases. I do that all the time in practice. I know when something's angry looking and really needs to be seen emergently or if it's just an obviously benign lesion. So at least they can help you with that first decision point. Is this something needs emergent attention or is it something I can wait on? They can help you answer the very question you're asking today. And if it looks like something angry and irritable and concerning, they can get you into a dermatologist sooner. All right, Wayne is on the line from White Bear Lake. Hi, Wayne. Good morning. Dr. Hill, I have a brother that refused to get a COVID shot because he doesn't know what the long-term effects are. And then he goes on to say that they die from other things. They've got to have other health issues other than COVID, and they just call it COVID. So anyway, I'm wondering what your response to that is. Yeah, Wayne, uh, thanks for the question. Your brother's just inaccurate on that. I just, I'll just i be blunt, but he's wrong. Um, I filled up many uh, death certificates for COVID, and never once did someone have a heart attack, and I just wrote it was due to COVID. Uh, we always write what it is from, and, and uh, I'm not saying that there aren't some mistakes in diagnosis, but this was the biggest year for excess death since 1918. Uh, COVID is real. The, va- the vaccine will save in- endless lives, and your brother's simply um, operating under inaccurate information there. And, and he's from White Bear Lake, so I do have to say something that really makes me laugh a lot. It's from a movie, Go Bears. So uh, White Bear Lake, uh, uh, greetings to all of you there. Um, back to the question about long-term effects of COVID. So people are, once you have the infection or once you are um, hospitalized with it, your your people are getting brain fog. They're getting heart myocarditis. They're getting uh, problems with a variety of your organs um, from COVID and 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 of course the lung pneumonia. So there is the vaccines will likely prevent more deaths than we are even able to <clears throat> um, quantify now. And so uh, tell your brother um, um, he's wise to at least be thinking about his health care. But uh, the, these ideas that um, the medical system is making stuff up and they have other things that they're dying of, that's simply not an accurate statement. Yeah, I mean, and the thing is, it seems, Dr. Hilden, that some of the information still kind of perpetuates out there. There are a lot of myths. Uh, there's the reality, I guess. It's really find a trusted doctor, and for many people, that is Dr. David Hilden, and, and get your answers. All right, we had so many great calls and texts today. As Dr. Hilden mentioned earlier in the show, but we'll tell you again, foot pain. That's the theme next week. We did not get to some of our text questions, some of which had to do with feet issues. So we hope you join us next Sunday, same time, 7 a.m., right here on WCCO Radio for Healthy Matters. Dr. Hilden, before we go, how can people reach you during the week? Yeah, you can always follow me on Twitter. I encourage you to do that. That's at Dr. David Hilden. The Dr. stands for I don't know if that's my initials. My middle name happens to be with an R, so it's Dr. David Hilden, or it could stand for Doctor. Dr. David Hilden at Twitter. You can check me out at myhealthymatters.org. And as always, for healthcare throughout the Western Metro area, go to hennepinhealthcare.org. That's the mothership. That's the organization that I'm very proud to work for. Hennepinhealthcare.org. And a really quick question for me about the heat. It looks like we might have a little cooler week, but maybe a quick tip on staying healthy in the heat and avoiding sunstroke. 
hasn't it been just a heck of a deal? It's not only wow. your grass that's being under a lot of stress. Our bodies are too. Stay well hydrated. That's the one thing I would suggest. Stay well hydrated, particularly if you're outside in this summer heat. Limit your time outside. Drink plenty of water. And all right. Have a great, great week, tip. everybody. Happy Father's Day to all. Dr. Hilden and I will be back next Sunday on Healthy Matters. Make it an amazingly healthy week. It's a love without end. Amen. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Oh, 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 Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.